Talk. Let's go. Good morning. What's up, everyone? How you doing? It's me, your boy, Ryan Flowers, a.k.a. Clutch Sports Talk in the house, and I'm back again. It's Sunday, so you know what that means. It's Clutch Sports Talk NFL Sunday. Wake up with me, your host, Ryan Flowers. Thank you for making me a part of your Sunday morning. We got lots to talk about this week, man. We got a lot of news um, regarding a lot of players and actually GMs and situations that we need to address. We got to talk about Devontae Adams and some comments that he made recently uh, about the direction in which the Raiders are heading. Is he going to be a part of that in the future or their long-term plans of the Raiders? I don't know. I'll, I'll give you my thoughts on that. Joe Burrow, all business this week in regards to talking about his contract situation with the Bengals as well as his teammates that are in line to get paid. I want to talk about that. Bryce Young looking pretty small uh, in his workouts with the Carolina Panthers this week, but I think he has a chance. I think. So we'll talk about that. And finally, Dallas Cowboys uh, VP of Operations, Stephen Jones, talked about literally this week that they're, they feel good about signing all of their players, their star players, uh, in the next couple years or so. Um, I got some thoughts on that because there's going to be some big decisions that need to be made uh, in, regards to, in to regards to some of the players, especially Dak Prescott. So um, that's it. That's pretty much all I got. So it's going to be a good show. So sit back and relax and enjoy the show. This is Clutch Sports Talk NFL Sunday. Wake up with me, Ryan Flowers. Let's go. Clutch Sports. Good morning, everyone. Happy happy Sunday to you. Uh, it's the beginning of the week for most of us here. Uh, but hey, I'm always excited to get on here live for you guys for about you know, 30, 45 minutes, however long it takes to get you guys up to date on news and things going around the National Football League. And today we got a good show as usual. We got to talk, we got to talk about the Raiders. We got to talk about Joe Burrow, the Bengals, like I said, Carolina Panthers and Bryce Young and their plans on what they expect on him uh, and what we should expect from him, honestly. And then the Dallas Cowboys, again, always in the news. We could literally talk about them every week. Uh, but again, some things that came out of Dallas this week, I really want to talk about. If you have haven't already subscribed to the show here right now live on YouTube, make sure you do so now and check out the Grid Network to check out the plethora of other sports media content creators on the grid. We're looking to take over, so make sure you guys go ahead and do that. And if you're in the comment section, make sure you drop a comment. We already got some in here already. My boy Patrick Brown, he says, good morning and happy Sunday. My favorite NFL show to watch for my fellow grid and teammate, Hunter. Yeah, appreciate you, man. He's always in the chat, so I appreciate him hopping in on, on, and on the live, of course. All right. So. For those who don't know, I actually reside in Las Vegas, the Las Vegas area. I actually live right down the street from the Raiders practice facility, and I drive by it at least, I don't know, almost every other day while I'm picking up my kids from school. So I'd be remiss to not talk about some of the problems that are happening here in Las Vegas, especially with star wide receiver Devontae Adams. Now, he recently was quoted, basically, I'm going to be paraphrasing here, um, you know, he really didn't like the direction that they went, you know, this offseason. Part of it could be the quarterback play. Uh, obviously the Raiders got rid of Derek Carr and they brought in Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, Devontae Adams, whole reason for being here, or at least one of the enticing reasons for, for him coming to Las Vegas was to play with his former college teammate, Derek Carr, who is long gone now. He's in new Orleans with a new team, new, everything, right? New situation. And Devontae Adams is left here. Now Devontae Adams has about two years left on his, on his contract, um, <clears throat> It's not thought that he would be traded because really the, the Raiders can't afford the cap hit if he if he is traded somewhere else. So they're just going to have to ride this out with maybe a disgruntled uh, wide receiver in Devontae Adams. Now, here's what I think. Um, 
them getting rid of Derek Carr and replacing him with Jimmy Garoppolo, <laughs> it was kind of like one of those dough moments, like a Homer Simpson dough, right? Because let's face it, Jimmy Garoppolo to me is not any better than Derek Carr, right? I know, and I get it. Raider fans can get on me for this, but in you know, and I watch a lot of Raider games, so Derek Carr wasn't really the he's not really the big problem that they had. He was part of it. I ain't gonna lie, you know. But you know, you got to give the guy some credit. He's had multiple coaches, multiple coordinators, not a stable franchise, and he did what he needed to do while he was a Raider. Um, you know, him and Devontae Adams still had a good connection. Uh, I believe uh, Devontae Adams like 25 touchdowns or something crazy like that. If, you know, don't quote me on that, but he had a pretty good year over a thousand yards receiving, you know, and they had a good report. Obviously, they played in college. The defense is terrible. You know, they are still giving away points like it's like, you know, I don't even know. Right. So Derek Carr was, I think, to me, was the scapegoat. And then you come in and you replace him with Jimmy G. Right. Granted, I think Jimmy G is a solid quarterback when he's available. That's the problem with him. He's not typically available the last couple of seasons due to some health issues or injuries that, that happens to him. So if you're Devontae Adams, you're looking at, well, you traded arguably my my best one of my best friends, a guy that I played with in college. I've had a good rapport. The reason why I came to Vegas or at least tried to force a trade to Las Vegas so I could play with him. And then you trade him and then you sign Jimmy G, who played with Josh McDaniels in his younger years uh, in that system. And to me, when I look at it from an outsider looking in, Jimmy G's arm talent is not the same. He's not going to be pushing the ball down the field. The offense is not going to be the same, obviously, because, because of Jimmy G's uh, lack of tools or resources that he has with his arm. It's going to be a lot of dink and dunking. And I'm, to me, Devontae Adams is not that type of guy. He wants guys that can throw the ball down the field, 20, 30 yards down the field. Not to say that Jimmy G can't do that. But it's not in his nature to do things like that, okay? And for me, that's going to be a big problem because will Devontae Adams' touches reduce? What are they What are they planning on doing in Las Vegas, right? So he voiced his opinions very loud and clear that he is not happy, right, with the direction that they're going. But the Raiders just can't get rid of him because why? He's arguably, if not the best offensive threat that they have on that team. You get rid of him, who do you, who's he thrown to? Hunter Renfro's nice. I get it, but he's not Devontae Adams, okay? You traded away Jaron Waller. Uh, you, dra you drafted Michael Mayer. He's a he's an unproven rookie. We don't know about him. Josh Jacobs had a really good year. We're going to see now if he can back up that year that he had last year going into this season. So there's going to be a lot of questions being answered um, in the Raiders organization because, again, Devontae has two more years left on his deal. Two more years. And like I said before, they're not going to trade him. They can't trade him from financial reasons and just from a production reason. They can't trade the guy. All right. Trust me. He's going to be he's I think he's 30 now. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, so he'll be 32 by the time this contract is up in 2025, depending on what his birthday is. He's still putting out numbers and I still he I still think he can produce in the next two years or so. Devon Dams is a stud. I mean, there's no doubting that. And he proved that he did not need Aaron Rodgers. Right. A lot of people probably were thinking, well, he doesn't have Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball anymore. He's not going to be the same guy. I, arguably, I think he still did what he needed to do. Obviously, Derek Carr is not Aaron Rodgers, but still, again, over a thousand yards in touchdown, double digit, excuse me, over a thousand yards in receiving, a double digit touchdowns. He is a threat. He is a unit. And the Las Vegas Raiders definitely need his services. And they got to make sure he's happy. But again, Josh McDaniels coming from that Belichick tree probably doesn't really care what the players think. Honestly, he's going to do what he's going to do. You can see what they're trying to do. They're trying to, I mean, this is all the Belichick guys do, they all try to recreate. New England, it, it honestly, it doesn't work. It only worked for Belichick. Obviously, we can see that. <laughs> so 
you know, they get Jimmy G. They want to bring in some other guys from New England. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, but at the end of the day, there's going to be problems. And if they don't make the playoffs this season, if they the Raiders fail to make the playoffs, Josh McDaniels might be out of a job. And I think he probably should be. I, he's one of those coaches, and probably I'll do a segment later on in here in the next couple of weeks or so, coaches that are on the hot seat going into this upcoming season, and he has to be one of them, right? The, the Raiders are a big market, okay? You And their fans are ready to roll, okay? Uh, but they're in a tough division. Their schedule doesn't open up very well for them. They're what their first two games are on the road. You go to Denver, which, you know, they beat them last year, right? But it took them overtime. And then you got to go uh, into Orchard Park and play the Bills the following week. So, you know, it's not going to look, it's, I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It doesn't look well for the Raiders, but hopefully they can bypass this. Maybe Joshua Nails, Devontae Adams can sit down. Uh, but literally, the Raiders have no leverage at this point. Um, the Jimmy G move is going to be a head scratcher, especially if it doesn't pan out. And let's just say Jimmy G gets hurt, which there's a high probability that he will get hurt because that's what he's done. All right. Um, let's see what Patrick has to say. He says the Raiders traded away their best players to bring guys who will fit the Patriot way. Exactly. I, I, I totally agree. Jimmy G is up and down, but they'll regret trading Derek Carr. I, I think so, Patrick. I, you know, listen, Derek Carr, to me, he's not a terrible quarterback. If you talk to Raider fans, they'll think he's the he's the second coming of Satan himself, right? Come on, man. Derek Carr did what he needed to do for that, for that franchise. They, they should be thanking him uh, for, for trying to elevate that franchise amidst all of the problems that they've had when they were in Oakland. Then they came here their first year with the whole John Gruden thing, Henry Ruggs. You got the other idiot that was posting guns on his social media. And Derek Carr was as steady, you know, um, as, as, as needed, right, for that organization. And the way they treated him, you know, benching him at the end of the year, like, come on, man. Like, at least let him let the guy play. Let him finish out the year uh, and then move on from him, right? Okay, but uh, Patrick also says in a division where they face Mahomes, Herbert, and Russell Wilson, They'll be a bottom feeder in the AFC West. Vegas are the worst team in the division based on their roster and coaching. Yeah, you know, the Broncos got better in coaching. The Broncos already had a, a, a really good roster. At least that was that's what we thought last year going into that season. But Nathaniel Hackett just he sucked. So <laughs> so we'll see with Sean Payton, you know, what he what he's able to do, what he'll be what he'll be able to bring to that organization. We know the Chargers are kind of they're, you know, they're one of those contender teams. Obviously, their head coach is an idiot. He does stupid things. But still, talent-wise, they're, they're a really good team. And then also, you know, what can I say about the defending Super Bowl champs? You know, they are what they are. So, uh, but yeah, the Raiders definitely have an uphill climb. Josh McDaniels definitely is on the hot seat. And if he cannot make this work to Devontae Adams, it's going to be a bust for sure. Um, but the good thing is, I guess, and listen, even Tom Brady has what bought a stake or equity in the organization does he come out of retirement? I don't know. Does that work? I mean, this this is all speculation here. Um, but, I mean, that's just a far-fetched uh, pipe dream. But either way, it's clear what they want to do. They want to make it the Patriot way here in Las Vegas. And, it, honestly, it just doesn't work that way for a lot of Belichick's guys that move on and get their own head coaching jobs. They need to create their own identity. I'm not saying you can't take a little bit about what, what, what Bill was doing. But they're just trying to recreate the whole thing in their different locations, and it just does not work out. And you got a guy like Devonta Adams; he's not looking to rebuild. He's he's thirty years old, you know, right? He's he's probably I'm gonna say on the back nine, but he's in his prime right now. You know, he's not a couple; he's a couple years away from being on the downturn. You know, <clears throat> he's looking to win. He's looking to win. And when he's played with a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, they've been in some big games. He came to Las Vegas uh, thinking that it would be the same. And obviously it just, it just hasn't worked out that way. So 
we'll have to wait and see with that. So that's what I think. All right. Moving on, Joe Burrow was in the news this week from uh, some comments that he made in a recent press conference. I, I like this guy, man. He says the right things. He's a stud. I mean, obviously, look, he's going to reset the market in regards to quarterback salaries when he gets paid, right? When they come up with that number, whatever it is. However, though, two things that I like about him. Number one, he's aware of the situation. He knows that he's good. He knows that he probably deserves a certain amount of money. Absolutely. No one's debating that, right? You, you've been to back-to-back -back AFC championship games and you've been to a Super Bowl in the what first three years of your career, right? No one can debate that, all right? Picture yourself wrapped in its softness. Whether you're enjoying a captivating TV show, gathered around a crackling campfire, or cheering for your favorite football team, Minky understands your fall cravings. Our blankets are tailor-made for those heartwarming autumn vibes. With a variety of colors, they're perfect for complementing the hues of fall, as well as showing off your team pride with their vibrant team colors. And the best part? We've got sizes for the whole family, ensuring that everyone can experience the joy of cozying up in Minky's embrace. This fall, let Minky be your companion in creating unforgettable moments. Wrap yourself in comfort, share love, and relish the essence of the season. Minky Blankets, where warmth meets love in every color for every moment. Fall into one of our Minky Couture stores or visit us online at minkycouture.com. But what I like about Joe Burrow, which I don't hear a lot of other quarterbacks talk about, maybe some do, or maybe I just overlooked it, but what T. Higgins is up for a contract right now. And he knows that T. Higgins is up for a contract. So he's going to support his teammate, but he also knows that if in order to win, he cannot bleed out the Cincinnati Bengals. Because if you do so from a financial standpoint, you won't have enough talent in order to compete in the National Football League. Nothing's wrong with quarterbacks getting their money. I have no problem with that. I guess people think that when I talk about guys and their money that I'm, 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 I'm trying to pocket watch them. I'm not, I really don't care because I don't get any of that. And neither do the fans that talk shit. Okay. I'm just putting that out there. But what I'll say is that if you're going to take the money, you got to know the repercussions of taking that money. If you bleed out a team, if you, if you gut them, you don't give them a, a discount and by all means, he doesn't need to give them a discount, but if you want to win, you cannot do that. Right. It's got to be a balance. Tom Brady won for years. Why? Because he kept restructuring so that way they can sign other guys, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Joe Burrow understands that. So with guys like T. Higgins and he got Jamar Chase in his locker room, he knows and he's aware that I cannot take a certain amount of money. And I also need to support my guys that are in the pipeline in order to get their contracts. OK. Um, and look, listen, he deserves every cent that he gets. You know, I, honestly, I'm a firm believer that quarterbacks probably should be paid out another separate pot. <laughs> you know and what I mean by that? And I know this is totally hypothetical, but listen, guys like Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, you know, the Jalen Hurts of the world, even Lamar Jackson just got paid. We watch the NFL primarily because of the quarterback play. A lot of these schedules are based on the quarterbacks, right? Look at all the teams that are playing primetime for the most part, not all of them. They're, they have to deal with some of the quarterback play, right? We want to see Joe Burrow play, you know, Patrick Mahomes on a Monday night or a Sunday night football, right? We paid, we, you know, we, we, we want to see those matchups. So quarterbacks are definitely, they're the most valuable player on the team, not just from an operational standpoint, but from a financial standpoint. That's why we put so much emphasis on quarterbacks being taken in the first round. That's why we talk about quarterbacks and their, and their, and their paychecks and their salaries on shows like myself and other content creators out there, right? 
quarterbacks draw a lot of attention. Joe Burrow understands all that. And that's what I love about him is that he, he recognizes that. And I think that when the time, when the time comes up, cause he's, he's due for a contract extension here uh, shortly, they'll get it done. And I think he'll take a favorable deal. Listen, all these teams going to, they're going to try to negotiate in terms that will, uh, that will benefit the team itself and still try to pay the player. You, you look what the, uh, Chiefs did a couple years ago with with Patrick Mahomes. Now that that contract feels like it's super outdated, <laughs> based on what seemed one what some of these other guys are getting, like Kyler Murray, what Lamar just got, what Jalen Hurts got, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it, it seems like that's just a, a a thought in the in the in the, in the quick history. And what when did he sign that contract? Like what a year or two ago, something like that, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so Joe Burrow is going to be the highest paid quarterback for a short time until Herbert and some other guys that are coming up are going to get paid. But he does realize that in order to to continue to make AFC championship games, in order to surround himself with the best talent that he can get, he cannot bleed out a whole organization. Okay, and in his press conference, he's aware of that. And I love that about him. And maybe quite other quarterbacks, they feel the same way. They just didn't express it. But when you when you listen to Joe Burrow, he's as cool as he is on the field, man. And he says the right things. And I, I love that about him. And I think the Bengals are in a really good situation because your quarterback understands the, the market. He knows that he's going to get paid out, but he knows that his teammates need to get paid too. And, th- and that's a very sticky situation because when you're in a lot, I've never been in an NFL locker room or never played in the NFL, but I can only imagine when, you know, guys are getting paid all around. Right. And you're the head, you're the, you're the guy, you're the quarterback, you're the face of the franchise and everyone knows you're going to get paid. You know, there's no doubt about that because he is who he is, but for your leader, your guy, the guy that should probably be winning an MVP here, shortly or a super bowl hopefully it will be in his in his um in his world right there to hear him speak like that and to understand man it it speaks volumes for him uh and i love that about him and then but patrick has to say patrick says joe burrow is the one qb who will weather any storm considering what he's done in a short time cincinnati has turned into an elite afc team who will contend yearly oh absolutely i mean they're 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 one of the top teams in afc you know and you know they can push the Chiefs because they've beaten the Chiefs. You know, it, it, you know, they missed out this year. They got, you know, it, the Chiefs were just a better team in the last waning moments of that AFC Championship game, and it is what it is. But the Bengals were right in there. So they can easily <clears throat> be in the Super Bowl again this year because we know that they have the talent to do so. So I like that Burrow's all business. He's showing up to the to offseason workouts, unlike some other quarterbacks who just got paid and is not showing up, but whatever, that's – I'm not going to talk about that. I'm not going to say anything about him anymore because we'll have to wait and see. Uh, but he's doing what he needs to do. He's leading from the front, uh, and we'll see what happens with him uh, moving forward into the season. All right, next topic. Bryce Young, <laughs> you know, it, it didn't look good for him on social media, right? He looks – I've seen people say he looks like a make-a-wish kid. Uh, like, come on. Like, I get it. He looks small, but Jesus. I mean, the guy won a Heisman played at Alabama. We got to give him some credit. You know, I, I liked him. I've always been on record stating that I think he's talented. It's just, can he stay healthy? We'll have to wait and see. But, you know, I did a little bit of digging, you know, looked around some things. And and what I found was very interesting. Number one, the coaching staff that's around him is, is literally a great coaching staff. Frank Reich put together a tremendous uh, roster of coaches, including quarterbacks coach Josh McCown, uh, former Detroit head coach of the Lions, Jim Caldwell, um, who arguably probably shouldn't have got fired, right, when he got fired from the Lions, but that's for another time. Um, Thomas Brown, who is the offensive coordinator who spent a lot of time as an assistant under Sean McVay in, in Los Angeles with the Rams. 
Um, he's bringing in a concept that I think will fit Bryce Young perfectly. Now, Bryce Young spent a lot of time in 11-man personnel. For those who don't know what 11-man personnel is, one running back, one tight end, three wide receivers, typically in the shotgun. Okay, uh, From what I understand, Bryce Young spent about over 80% in 11-man personnel in college. And guess what, Thomas? Um, <clears throat> the, the head coach, for, excuse me, the assistant, the offensive coordinator for the Panthers likes to do. He likes to run that 11-man personnel because when he was in L.A., they ran 11-man personnel about 87 or 80, 84 to 87% of the time, right? And Frank Reich himself, is he's a fan of 11-man personnel as well. He ran it about 65% of the time when he, in, in Indianapolis with the various quarterbacks that he had there. So what I'm alluding to is that they are tailoring this offense to fit Bryce Young, which you should. You shouldn't try to fit take him and fit Bryce Young into what they're going to do, it should be the opposite, right? If you want them to succeed. And but honestly, I think they've done a good job in this offseason. You know, they went out and got uh, Dalton, not Dalton Schultz, uh, Hayden Hurst, the tight end, um, Adam Thielen, right? Um, you got, good, you got Miles Sanders to pair with uh, Chubba Hubbard uh, back there. You know, the, the defense is going to be good. You know, you, you drafted guys like, like Bryce Young, obviously. Y'all drafted jo Jonathan Mingo, the wide receiver out of Ole Miss, who I, I absolutely I love. I think he's going to have a great year. So they're doing things there. And Frank Reich is not a bad coach. I think his time in Indianapolis, just it was just up. And they needed to move on from They needed a new voice. And that's exactly what happened. So, And they're in a winnable division. Look, the Saints, we kind of don't know where they're going to be at. Obviously, Derek Carr is a new quarterback. I'm not sold on their head coach, Dennis Allen. So, you know, that's debatable. Uh, who else is in that division? Uh, the Buccaneers, they're, I mean, they have no quarterback. Kyle Trask, Baker Mayfield, come on. They should be able to beat them. Uh, then you have the Panthers. Uh, and who's the, who's that other team? Oh, the Atlanta Falcons, right? So it, that's a winnable division. <laughs> if I looked at the rosters right now, I would say Carolina probably has one of the better rosters in that division, top to bottom, right? And from a head coaching standpoint, uh, I mean, like I said, I'm not a fan of Dennis Allen. I think he's on a hot seat. Um, Tampa Bay, I'm not a really big fan of their head coach as well, too, uh, now that Bruce Arians is gone and moved on. And, you know, you see what happens to them, and especially now with no Tom Brady there. Uh, and the Atlanta Falcons, uh, you know, so Frank Reich might be the best head coach in that division. So that's good for a couple games there as is. So, you know, with that said, I think it's smart for them to realize that, listen, Bryce Young, he's, 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 a, he's, a, he's really good off script. He's going to move around the pocket, things of that nature. And I think Frank Reich understands that. And I think they're going to suit the offense and cater to him as they should. Honestly, he's going to have to take snaps under center, which the, I know they practice that, you know, probably before practice. So, but primarily they're going to be playing with a lot of a trip swipe, trip sets. Uh, like I said, one running back, one tight end, which they can do that. And they're going to move the pocket around a lot. So, you know, Carolina is definitely set up to win that division. Um, and I want to say, I would be surprised if they don't win the division. Um, but, but it's between them and New Orleans because New Orleans still is a veteran team. You got a veteran quarterback. That defense is still pretty solid, I would say. Um, but, you know, nonetheless, and Bryce, uh, uh, Patrick, excuse me, Patrick says, Bryce Young's success is predicated off the personnel around him. Solid free agency and draft picks could be the best team in the NFC South. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like I said, absolutely. Like I said, I, and what's so intriguing is that the offense coordinator, he, he runs a lot of 11-man personnel. And that's what Bryce Young is used to doing that in college that's what he was successful it made him one of heisman now can they keep him healthy that's the other thing so he can't be taking extra hits 
getting, you know, if you're going to get out the pocket, make sure you're looking down the field or you're looking to get to that sideline to protect yourself because he cannot take hits. He cannot be roaming around, running around like he's, you know, Cam Newton. Cam Newton can do that because Cam Newton was, what, 6'6", 6'7", 245 pounds. He's a big dude. Bryce Young is not even half that size, okay? <laughs> he's, what, what 5'10", 100 and something pounds maybe, you know? So he's he's not he's not the biggest guy out there. But listen, the talent was there. It's the reason why he went number one. It was uh, for me. It was a toss-up between Stroud and and Bryce Young. And the only reason why I was thinking Stroud is because he's just a little bigger. But Bryce Young definitely has the talent. There's no debating that. And Carolina is in a good uh, situation with that. Now we'll have to wait and see. But again, I feel confident with 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 what they're doing uh, out there in Carolina. Okay. All right. Finally, before I get out of here this evening or excuse me, this morning, I got to talk about Dallas Cowboys, of course, you know, a lot's been said about them, especially uh, not recently, a couple of days ago, Stephen Jones is on record basically stating they feel good about their situation, about re-signing all of their guys. And what I mean by that, you got Trayvon Diggs, you got CeeDee Lambs, you got to get Micah Parsons, of course, you know, he's going into his third season. And then the big, the big elephant in the room, and I can't believe we're going to be talking about this again, this is going to be all over the news after this season, especially depending on what happens and how Dak plays. Dak Prescott is up. He's going to be up for a contract extension. I can't believe it's already been two years and he's going to be up for a contract extension here in the next year, especially after this season, um, because the Cowboys do not want to be in that situation they were with him two years ago when he signed that four-year, $160 million deal. But Stephen Jones feels that, you know what, I feel good, he or he feels good that they can get everyone signed. But honestly, man, the Cowboys are in a real predicament because of a couple of things. Number one, that's a lot of guys you're going to have to pay. And it all starts with the quarterback. Is Dak going to take a discount? I don't think so. All Dak's saying is, you know, I'm leaving up to the agents and the Cowboys. I'll let them deal with that. But the Cowboys have to really consider looking into Dak Prescott's play. I mean, listen, he got hurt um, the year before. Or actually, he got hurt last year too, right? He came off the injury last year or the year before, okay? Um, did not play well, honestly, led the league in interceptions and you cannot justify to me now. And trust me, I was, I've been a Dak Prescott fan. I mean, I like Des Dak, Dak, can't talk. I like Des, Dak Prescott, the, the man, and sometimes the player, right? You can't debate what kind of leader he is, but honestly, man, that stuff is not getting it done on the field. This team talent wise has most, the best talent than, than some teams do, right? But they underperform. They underperform and it starts at the quarterback play. So the Cowboys, do they scrap it? Do they say, you know what, Dak, in the next couple of years, go test the market and see what, what other teams will offer you. And honestly, that might be the best thing because, it, it, I mean, Dak can be a top 10 quarterback, but then sometimes he's, he plays himself out of being a top 10 quarterback in the National Football League. He's not that guy. He's not a top five guy. So if you're the Cowboys, what's to say? Scrapping it. Saying, you know what, test the waters, man. Test the waters, go see what happens in, what, 2024 and see what anyone will offer you and, and then come back to us and see what we'll do. But they didn't do that the last time. They said, you know what, to hell with it. We're going to give you that deal. And it kind of hamstrung us a little bit, right? Obviously, but again, it's coming up again. We got to sign Michael Parsons. We got to keep guys like CeeDee Lamb. And we got to keep guys like Diggs and, and the other guys that we need to resign or guys that we got to get in the future. So, 
you know, the thing with the Cowboys and, and Jerry Jones and his son, they're so nonchalant about things. And sometimes it drives me nuts because this is a serious situation. <laughs> you know, uh, this is going to be a big year for Dak Prescott. And it's going to be a lot of pressure on him because if he wants to continue to be paid as a top tier quarterback, whether he's playing like that or not, he's going to have to perform. And just like Lamar or just like Kyler Murray, all these guys that got paid, he, there's a certain expert level of expectation for him too. And him choking basically against the San Francisco 49ers, it doesn't do it for me. You know, you're still making a lot of money, but he's going to, and his cap hit is not bad this year, right? I think it's like 26, 26 and some change million right there. But the last year of his deal, it's going to be like $50 million in cap hit. All right. So the Cowboys definitely have to look into that. And, you know, the thing with the Cowboys, and this is what annoys me too with Jerry Jones, is that their pride gets in the way of deals. Right. It's the reason why they 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 signed Zeke early when they shouldn't have. Right. Well, because he's our guy. And if we don't re-sign him, especially Dak, if we don't re-sign these guys or pay them, then it looks like we we didn't draft the right guys. You did draft the right guys. Zeke was good for a moment right there. Dak played good for a moment. Right. But you you let your emotions dictate your finances when you should have let the play on the field dictate your finances and, and, you know, but Jerry, you know, he's like, these are my guys. And you start, you love that about Jerry, but then you hate that about Jerry because he, he, he cares about his team. It ain't like he's, you know, who, who's one of the, one of the worst franchises out there right now. Off the top of my head, you know, that, you know, like the jets, they don't care, or maybe they do care. They're trying to get Aaron Rodgers in there, but still he cares to a point to a fault. Um, but you know, the play for Dak Prescott is going to have to determine whether he gets a good contract or a good contract extension going into his final year. Because listen, you can't go, we can't do this again. We can't have him getting being paid one of the top tier quarterbacks and he's not performing like that. Now, it's a lot of pressure on everybody. You got Mike McCarthy who's taking over the reins as far as the, the play calling duties, right? So there's a lot of pressure on everybody. Hey, what's up, Bryson uh, from Carving Up Podcast? He says, if you allow if you allow Dak to test the market, you'll lose him. Somebody will be willing to give him a more lucrative deal than the Jones family. Half the league would give anything to happen. You know what? And I'm okay with that at this point because what, what have we won with Dak Prescott? I'll wait. Nothing. Since he signed his contract, we've literally, he's led the league in interceptions and we got bounced out of the playoffs in the divisional round. So if somebody wants to pay him, then so be it. We got to restart over and go from there, whether it's into the draft or, or God knows what. But one thing I did find what I thought that was interesting when when he, when Dak Prescott was injured last year and earlier in the season, the Cowboys played a lot more complimentary football. They ran the football more. You know, they took pressure off of Cooper Rush and they won a lot of games. OK, I feel like when Dak is there. It, there's more pressure to all. He's got to throw. He's got he's got to be the one that that allows the Cowboys to win. He's not that guy. He's not. He's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not Joe Burrow. Those guys can go out there and literally win you games like that. He's not there. He's just not. And honestly, it, Dak is going into his what seventh season now. He is what he is. I, and I, I accept that as a Dallas Cowboys fan. If somebody wants to pay him, I don't know who would want to pay him that amount of money. You know, I I, I don't know. Uh, Carving a podcast says he said I could argue that outside of Mahomes, Burrow, or Lawrence, nobody could have accomplished more than Dak the last seven years. Dak is slightly lesser version of Josh Allen. I, I honestly I don't know. I feel like I would have more confidence in Josh Allen at this point. 
you know, because I, and, and that's saying a lot. And to me, Josh Allen is, you know, he's iffy with me too. But honestly, at this point, we know what he is. You got to allow him to test the market. And, and, and someone, if someone wants to pay him, I don't know who, who would be available, who would be in the market for a quarterback in the next two years. I don't, I mean, that's, that's speculation. That's, that's way down the line. Um, but look, I'm, I, listen, I've been a Cowboys fan for, I don't know, since 91, right? 1991. I'm 40 years. I'm about to be 40 years old. I'm tired. I can't, I can't do this mediocre stuff. I can't. Oh, well, we won a divisional game. Oh, we won the division. It's got to be Super Bowl, man. We got to get in the Super Bowl. And to me right now, if Dak doesn't have a good year and, and beyond the stats, because you could have a lot of stats and still not be that dude. Like, and I guess, I don't know if I'm explaining that correctly, but I got to see more out from him, man. He says the right thing at the podium, and then next week he's throwing a pick a pick six down the, down the sideline somewhere. Now, a lot of it ain't all his fault. I get it, but he's the quarterback. He's getting paid the most on the team, so he has to he has to shoulder a lot of that blame. But, you know, it's either you, re, you, you extend him and you pay him more money, and maybe you lose a Micah Parsons. It's like, who do you decide? Because there's no way. I don't feel like they can keep all these guys. Now, I know they all want to stay in Dallas. That's what they say now, but when teams start throwing dollars at you, C.D. Lamb might be like, you know what, I'm good. I'm out of here, man. Or Micah Parsons might, you know what, I might go somewhere else. Or Trayvon Diggs, I might, you know. So they, I get it. They like Dallas. I understand that Dallas is a great place to live. I used to live there. But still, when the money starts flying, these guys are going to be like, oh, I'll pick up the phone and, and, and start listening to some of these offers. And if you pay Dak Prescott again, we're going to be doing this again. We're going to be paying a guy, overpaying a guy that has really had underwhelming performances. And I get it. A lot of quarterbacks have been paid. And have not have been great. You know, Kyler Murray got paid. He got hurt. Wasn't playing good prior to him getting hurt anyway. We're going to see what happens with Lamar Jackson, right? So the Cowboys are at a crossroads in the next year or so. But I think going into this season is going to determine whether or not what they need to do. I'm kind of leaning towards maybe having him test the market, especially if he doesn't have a good year. Because if he doesn't have a good year, I don't think the market will be there. I think some teams will say, you know what? You're good. You're, you're a solid quarterback. You're like a Derek Carr kind of guy. You're not terrible, but honestly, you're not going to win the Super Bowl. And I get it. It's a team sport. It's 11 guys working together. Uh, and I get it. There's not going to be Joe Burrows and, 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 and Patrick Mahomes out there. And, and honestly, it could be the coaching as well, too. Uh, but there's a lot of questions coming out of Dallas. Uh, but they seem confident they can sign everybody. So we'll have to see what happens with that. Uh, and finally, Patrick, he says, the last time we won the Super Bowl, Michael Jordan Bulls won 72 games in 96. Yeah, I was in the sixth grade the last time the Dallas Cowboys won a Super Bowl. Fifth or sixth grade. It's been a long time. So I've seen a lot of Dallas Cowboys football. Um, not saying I'm always right about it, but I've seen a lot of it. And at this point, I'm just tired. I don't, I want to see, I want to see victories. I want to see Super Bowl appearances. Hell, I'll even take an NFC Championship appearance. I'll, I'll even take that at this point because when I've gone through my, you know, what, sixth grade, like middle school, I went through middle school, went through high school, uh, majority of my adult life, and these fools barely getting out of the first round, right? Didn't get bumped out in the division around. I can't do it no more. And, 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 and honestly, I, I'm, at, I'm, at, I'm at the end of the rope with Dak Prescott. They're going, I, I still like him, but if he does not perform this season, you can't you can't extend them because I rather keep Michael Parsons. I rather keep CD. I rather keep some of the other guys around there um, and just maybe see what we can do 
and from a schematic standpoint and play football without Dak Prescott. So that 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 pains me to say because I like Dak. Been a fan of his uh, since he since he took over, but it, it might be time to move on. And I don't think we're gonna tank and go and get Caleb Williams and guys like that. Um, but because we'd have to have a real crappy year to, to, for that to happen uh, next year, which I don't think we will. Um, but it's just the same story every year with the Dallas Cowboys. You know, so we'll have to wait and see. So, all right. But that's all I got, man. I appreciate everyone in the comment section this morning, man. Um, be on the lookout again for next week's episode. It'll be right here on YouTube at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, it's always fun, but <laughs> anytime I talk about the Cowboys, man, I'm still going to ride with them. That's my squad, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, they're optimistic. I'm not that optimistic, but maybe that's because I don't want to set myself up for... for uh, Anyway, that's all the time I got. I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Thank you. And as usual, this is Clutch Sports Talk NFL Sunday. Wake up with me, Ryan Flowers. As I always say, never settle until the work is done. We'll see you guys later. Have a good week, everybody.